Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Scogan, your host for the Ag Innovation News Podcast. Guests on the Ag Innovation News Podcast will shed light on innovations in value-added agriculture, highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout the Minnesota ag sector, and educate the public about resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. Today we're visiting with Tom Slunecka, CEO of Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council and Egg Management Solutions. Tom, welcome to the podcast, and let's get started with your bio and background. What did the road to the Minnesota Soybean Association look like for you? It's great to be here, Dan. It's been a very interesting career. I've been here at Minnesota Soybean for going on 11 years. Prior to that, I ran the EPIC, which is now called Growth Energy, which is an ethanol group. It's a, it's a business ethanol group. We had a, a tremendous run there. I was the guy that negotiated all the deals for NASCAR and IndyCar and all of that. So I spent a lot of years in ethanol. Prior to that, I worked for the National Corn Growers Association. I was vice president of marketing there. And in and around there, I spent time in corporations, both American Cyanamid and also Fibro Animal Health, where I was vice president of marketing there as well. So I've had a long career in agriculture, in and out of associations. And as a farm kid from central South Dakota, it's really been a privilege to be able to continue my career in agriculture, albeit not on the farm, but certainly for the farm day in and day out. Can't let you get off the hook. You're going to have to identify that central South Dakota location because, as you know, our CEO, Shannon, is also from Enderlin area. Where did you grow up farming? The family farm is in Miller, South Dakota, so a little ways off of Highway 14. I actually own part of the farm today, so I'm fourth generation. It's a cattle ranch, and nothing pleases me more than finding enough time to go out and sit on a horse or do all of the other various tasks that are required to keep that ranch operating. Nice. And you got a nice place to go if you need to clear your mind a little bit. There's nothing better than going out, whether it's hot or cold. It's just peaceful and silent. And you can put in a day's work and know exactly what you got done. And sometimes here in the association world, you're not always exactly sure what you got done at the end of the day. But on the ranch, you do know that. Soybean production and processing is an important economic driver in Minnesota, Tom. Big for the Minnesota farmers, it's big for agribusiness. What's the mission of the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council? Well, just as the title indicates, it's it's all about research and promotion of soybeans, both domestically and internationally. So the council spends its funds on basic agronomic research, new types of soybeans, new types of weed controls, pest controls, your standard day in and day out activities necessary to keep farms profitable. And then on the other side, we also spend as much effort as we can to create new markets both developing new products, but also promoting soybeans all over the globe. And I happen to be at an international conference here today. And so I've met uh, buyers from all over the world and they, they love the soybeans that come from the Northern region. So the conversations have been robust. And it's just a remembrance that we as agriculture depend on these international markets. So we do everything that we can to make sure that they're strong, robust, and, and gonna be there for years to come. How would you assess the current situation? Are they strong and robust? In general, soybean prices are, are very strong, and that is because of these international markets. Demand for soy across the globe continues to grow as consumers in developing countries want more and more protein. The best way to make that happen is to feed livestock soy. So we know that people around the world want to have 
strong, healthy diets, and protein is the number one part to make that happen. And Tom, you're also CEO of Egg Management Solutions. How does that fit into the puzzle? Egg Management Solutions is an endeavor that the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association and the Minnesota Checkoff started about four years ago. And those two organizations are very strong, and we've got a lot of resources in the types of people that work for us. So the vision was to see if we could share those resources with other groups and other up-and-coming programs that will strengthen soybeans there in the state of Minnesota. So we branched out and started a for-profit staffing organization. We put all of the staff that had been working directly for Minnesota Soy into a group that now works for over 14 different groups, most of them associations, not-for-profits, all of them in ag. And what it does is it strengthens a lot of smaller groups that had a hard time having the talent necessary to, to compete in today's world. As we know, agriculture is under pressure all the time, and we have to be as smart and as good as those that would like to make it hard for us to do our job. With that many different participants, Tom, it sounds like you guys are very good at looking around corners and getting a good feel for what was coming down the road and, and being prepared for that. Well, we try. It is always a challenge, but we have an attitude that there are solutions everywhere, but we keep a positive outlook on how to solve those problems that come up. We try to turn the problems into opportunities, but agriculture needs to work more together than ever before. As I said earlier, we've got a lot of competition, people that don't understand agriculture, those that would second guess the, whether or not we're doing it in the right way. And we have to have the skills to be able to communicate to them that we're doing it right. And when need be, we have to have the skills to be able to fight for what it is that we think is right. Tom, I want to pivot, if I can, to talk about our main topic today, and that is the Ag Innovation Campus that is being constructed and about to come online near Crookston. We've heard a lot about it the last couple of years at the state legislature and through other publications. We've watched the build-out occur Share with us what you can about the history of bringing this campus online and the work that's been done so far. It certainly has been an interesting trail to get us where we are. And it all started with a vision to help more of the projects that the checkoff invests in make it all the way to market. And that means whether it be the farm gate or to consumers. We had been building new types of soybeans. So we had, we had a robust program on high oleic soy. The soybeans just simply weren't getting to market. And the reason for that is that processors, while interested in the concept, weren't ready to turn their large equipment over to something new. It wasn't proven at, at, at the right scale at the right time for them to say, oh, I can see how that, that can be profitable for my industry. I want to get involved. So the Ag Innovation Campus is, is being built to help all types of ag processes make it all the way to market. Now, in economic terms, that space between successful benchtop or even successful demonstration scale and full-scale production is called the valley of death. And the valley of death is that point where many good ideas wind up dying because the time needed in the valley of death is long and it's also very, very expensive. You know, you have to do things of, uh, like testing your equipment at larger scale. And some things that happen at Benchtop just simply don't work at full scale. So there's a lot of research that needs to be done during that phase. There's a lot of investment that needs to be done. 
And just having a facility available is nearly impossible. So this facility is being built at a scale that's at full commercial, but because of its non-for-profit nature, it is completely comfortable in slowing down operations and allowing for the testing of whether it be a new type of soybean or a new type of processing equipment to come into the facility and really prove that it works, or in some cases that it doesn't work. Not everything that comes through the AIC will be successful, but we hope that that we have a larger and quicker success rate than we've had before. This is a big undertaking. And and for those who aren't in the entrepreneur world or the innovation world, there are a lot of starts and stops as you go through the process. Is it all on Minnesota soybeans back or do you have some partners that are involved in this endeavor? Well, we certainly do have a lot of partners. Minnesota Soy was the impetus that got it started. The checkoff helped make that happen. The Growers Association went to the state legislature we were able to get a large amount of funding from the state to make this happen. So it started on day one as a coalition of public and private funding, and that is just continuing to grow. We've got several major companies that have now invested large amounts of money into this, and we have more calling every day that want to be involved. This is the right time for this type of endeavor. There were a few other places where technologies could be tested, but they've either sold out or shut down. So this is really about the only place in the United States where this type of activity can be done with smaller groups and be able to allow them to do it less expensively than than typical. And this is a question I maybe should have asked you before we started, but when do you plan to start crushing soybeans? The facility is just about ready. Our grand opening is September 14th. We're inviting everybody who wants to come see the facility to come in then. And full operations will start a few weeks after that. We wanted to make sure the plant was clean and safe for people to walk through, so we we held off operations until after the grand opening. But we will be ready at harvest time, and when the facility gets up and running, it will crush 240 ton a day, which is about nine semi-loads. So there'll be nine semi-loads of beans brought in every single day. Those will be processed, and then we'll be sending truckloads of meal and oil and hulls into the local market. And I want to circle back to that, the products that are being produced there. Is nine semi-loads a day capacity for this plant? Yeah, nine semi-loads a day. plant will run 24-7, 350 days out of the year. So it is a full commercial plant. It's a little on the smaller side for plants that are being built today. In fact, it's about one-tenth the size of the large plants that have been announced lately. But it is a typical scale that you'll see elsewhere in the world. There's a similar size plant in my hometown in Miller, South Dakota, and it's become a very successful venture for them. So these size plants absolutely can run in a profitable manner and really drive economics in that region that that they're positioned. Again, Tom, I want to circle back and talk about some of those economics too, but I want to remind our listeners of the Egg Innovation Podcast that we're talking today with Tom Slonekin. Tom is CEO of Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotional Council. He's also CEO of Egg Management Solutions. And our main focus today has been the Egg Innovation Campus, which is going to start operations in September during soybean harvest up in the Crookston area. Tom, Let's start with where will the oil go, where will the meal go, where will the hulls go, and are there any other co-products that might come off of this facility that processors can find another revenue stream for? So we're very fortunate that animal agriculture in the region is strengthening. There are new facilities being built and more on the drawing board. 
we have everything in that region from turkey production to pet food production, dairy and cattle production as well. And, and it's growing. Of course, also with the position of Crookston being just a, an hour from the Canadian border, the Canadian feeder pig industry is very strong there. So demand for the meal is certainly not a problem. Demand for the oil, which is also a major driver for the economics of any crush plant, is also very strong. The renewable diesel industry, driven off the backs of the biodiesel industry, which was started by checkoff dollars, that too is also very strong. And the demand for renewable diesel and biodiesel continues to grow. So whether or not this oil is sold to a standard biodiesel plant or sold to a renewable diesel plant, the marketplace is strong and will continue to be strong for many more years to come. The last product that typically comes off of a plant like this is hulls, and the hulls will be separated and used for livestock bedding. However, just as we want new technologies to come out of this plant, there are three different new companies that we're in discussions with that do all different kinds of things with hulls, and one of them is right there locally. So bedding is the base most lowest price marketplace for hulls, but new ideas such as turning into biochar, turning into bioplastics, those type of companies are in talks with us now, and we hope that soon those hulls will be made into something of, of higher value. Tom, it's interesting, those commodities that are going to be coming out of that plant, and this is a big deal to growers in northwestern Minnesota. How do you see the figures impacting them? Well, it is a fairly small plant in relationship to the amount of soybeans that are raised in the area. You know, most of the soybeans in, in that area are placed on unit trains that go all the way to the West Coast. With some of the new crush plants coming on board in North Dakota, some of those trains will stop short and deliver beans to those other crush plants. The economics are important that we're not losing all of that value in transport. Every time that we can value add a product, it's a great thing. And, and of course, with being sold with and without basis, whenever plants are local, there is always the opportunity to reduce the amount of basis loss for that farmer. There have been times in the last five years where Crookston has the lowest priced beans in the nation simply because of basis being as much as $1.50 a bushel. And we're hoping that our plant, as well as all of the other plants that are, that are coming online, will be able to reduce that basis number dramatically, giving more value to the farmers. And at the exact same time, giving more value to the livestock producers in that area, because currently they have to truck their meal in from quite far, and trucking costs today are higher than they have ever been. So there are savings to be made for both the soybean farmer and the livestock producer by having plants as close to them as possible. Tom, maybe for people's knowledge, I guess, are you part of Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion on the advisory board or part of the management team up in the Crookston plant, or is that a separate entity? So the Ag Innovation Campus is set up as a not-for-profit. The board members of that group are farmers from both Minnesota Soybean and Minnesota Checkoff. They are elected from those two groups to serve on the board. And then in addition to that, the board is open to industry who contribute major funding to the project. And there's no real limit to the amount of board members that can be on. It's vital that we have partners who are there that understand and help to drive the vision. So we are in talks with several major groups that have manufacturing capabilities, one of which is Farmers Union Enterprises. They are also on the board of directors. They see the vision. 
they are excited to start to see the new technologies that are proven at the AIC. Obviously, they are all about agriculture, and that's why their involvement is there. And of course, AURI is also on the board, and it just made perfect sense for them to be involved. Your mission day in and day out is to find new uses for ag products, and what better way to do that than to be at a facility than actually can get these products to commercialization. So both of those two industry groups are, are key players on the board of directors, but there'll be more added in the months and years to come. Are you already buying or contracting with farmers in the area for this year's crop? So it's not the intent for the Ag Innovation Campus to be competitive to what's already happening in the area. So we'll be working with the local grain buyers in that area and helping to utilize their storage and marketing capabilities. From time to time, there will be beans purchased from farmers locally and especially those beans that might have a special trait. We're very excited that within the first month of full operation, we will have our first two full trials of new types of soybeans, and they'll be processed at the Ag Innovation Campus into meal and oil. The meal will then be moved to a secondary facility outside of the state that will process it into pet food and animal protein. And so basically on day one, when the Ag Innovation Campus starts, it will be hitting its objective of helping to develop new markets. Tom, the grand opening is planned for September 14th. What does that day look like? We hope to have a little bit of fun and have it be informative for all of those that would like to participate. We actually have organized tours of NCI in Fargo, NCI Northern Crops Institute, will be one of those key partners that will be doing research at the benchtop level. When it's successful there, then those products will make their way to the Ag Innovation Campus. So they're an important partner in the region. So we're going to take a tour of that facility. Then we're going to go out to a large dairy outside of Crookston, and people will get to see how modern dairies are operated. This is brand new state-of-the-art facility, and we'll hopefully be a customer of the meal that the Ag Innovation Campus creates. Then we'll be back to Crookston for the grand opening in the afternoon, and we'll do a ribbon cutting. We'll have speeches from local dignitaries, and then everybody gets to walk through and see the facility. It should be a very interesting day. All are welcome. So you just go to aginnovationcampus.com, and you can register there if you'd like to attend. And you would like a head count. So if you're planning on attending either in Fargo or in Crookston, go to aginnovationcampus.com and, and make sure you register. Yes, we really would like people to register. I need to know how much lemonade to make. And it's important that I have that number. I don't want to make too little or too much. And there are some opportunities for people to ride motor coaches sponsored by the North Dakota Farmers Union. They'll be leaving the Fargo area. And so if you are there for Big Iron, you could actually ride a bus to and from Fargo. If that helps out on, on, on your journey. So we're expecting people from all over the country to come to this event. This is actually our second time that we've invited in potential vendors to see the location. So there are customers of all different types that are interested in utilizing this facility. In fact, we've had meetings with several international groups that are also very interested in seeing what comes of this project. Everybody wants that new thing, but few were willing to dig deep and do the dirty work of creating a facility that actually can bring those new products and ideas to market. And what does the future look like for plants of this size and plants that are located in very rural areas of soybean country? 
when you look down five, 10 years from now, Tom, what do you see? Well, you know, plants like this size have been around forever, and there are new ones being built all over the world of this same size. So the technologies that we prove out here will make those plants more competitive long into the future, and that that is one of its goals. And there's a lot more work to be done at the Ag Innovation Campus. We haven't even begun to talk about phase two and three, which are vital to full vision of the facility. And what is phase two and three? What do people need to know about that? So phase two and three are really where the excitement comes in. Phase one, while we have some capabilities for some research and for some specialty runs, phase two and three will really amplify our ability to do more research all at the same time. So phase two will be an office complex that will be positioned on the south side of the crush plant. This facility will have classrooms, it will have laboratories, it will have office space, And this will allow for collaboration in all different types of industries to be able to come in and have meetings in the space, as well as be able to start to learn from what's happening in phase one, the crush plant. Phase three will be a large building that will be put on the west side of the crush plant. It'll be basically the same footprint as the current crush plant. And within it, we'll have 10 research bays that will be rented to companies with new technologies. Those technologies will be able to slide in there and be able to get a slipstream from the crush plant. So if you were going to take hulls and turn them into plastics, you need to have a space. You need to have a consistent supply of hulls. You need to know that the products that are being created can flow through there. Sometimes there's going to be mistakes, and so then those will have to be dealt with. It's all about that facility. But one of the other things that you need when you're there is you need laboratories and you need people in the industry to talk to, to collaborate with. And so phase two, having the labs will really help these companies to excel through that valley of death much, much quicker. Seldom can new companies afford to have their own labs dedicated to what they're doing. And so that would mean that they have to send it out, which can add a week to what otherwise could have been done in an hour. And so that's the major advantage of having phase two and three linked together with the crush plant. Exciting. It even gets even more robust in that this facility is going to be positioned for education and training. So if you are a student, and you want to get real hands-on experience for entering the workforce, we're going to have programs for that. We're going to be working with local universities, both two- and four-year schools, to have education capabilities so that students can come in and start to see all different aspects of processing. So these students could go on and work for General Mills, making cereal, or they could go to a local crush plant or a local ethanol plant. The key is to link the education that they're already getting with real hands-on experience. And the Ag Innovation Campus Phase 2 and 3 are going to be built specifically to allow that type of education to occur by having a walkway that allows you to see into the crush plant or into the research base. So that means education can happen safely in a controlled environment. This also allows for trade teams from all over the world to be able to come in, utilize the same space, and be able to see exactly the quality of product that America is known to produce. This is a very unique opportunity for international business because it's very difficult to get into any of the standing crush plants elsewhere in the country. There's safety issues. There are proprietary technology issues. 
But our plant is going to be designed specifically so that we can learn and teach in that facility. Boy, you and your team just have to be congratulated, Tom. This was a hard pull or a push if you're going uphill over the last few years and you ran into a lot of difficulties in supply chain and inflation and COVID and you just kept chugging along and here it is, this September 14th, they're going to have the ribbon cutting and the grand opening. What still keeps you up at night when you think about this facility? We'll always be in a situation where we're trying something new. So there's always going to be a new project there. Those always come with challenges. After we get a few of them under our belt, I'm sure I'll sleep a little bit better. But really, I can't rest until phase two and three are completed. So we we need to raise roughly $15 million in order for that to occur. As a non-for-profit, this is difficult, but we've done pretty well so far. and And I think that momentum is on our side. But we are looking for companies of all types that are interested in in playing a major part in agriculture's growth. There'll be tangible benefits to companies that want to get involved, tangible benefits to education groups and other not-for-profits across the country that, that may want to get involved. Agriculture is such an exciting place to work, and there are so many new opportunities coming down the pike. We believe that the Ag Innovation Campus is going to help both of those create all kinds of values so much quicker and so much easier than ever before. Tom Slaneka, CEO of Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council and Ag Management Solutions. I'm going to give you the last word. Any messages for the farmers in northwestern Minnesota, the city of Crookston, or other businesses that might be thinking about joining the campus? What would you like to let them hear? We have to start with a thank you because none of this would have happened without the help of a lot of people in the city and the county have been fantastic. Farmer community has has been strong. They've given us good leaders. The state has been amazing to work with, the state of Minnesota. A project like this does not happen on its own. And I just want to say thank you for the support that they've given. Thank you for your interest in learning more about how you can get involved. This is going to be around for a long time. And there is home at the AIC for all types of ideas and all types of leaders that want to get involved. Tom, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Dan. Again, Tom Slonenka has been our guest today. And if you want to be part of that special day, it is coming up on September 14th. It will start at the Northern Crops Institute in Fargo. They do ask that you please register at aginnovationcampus.org. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you for listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. Thanks to my podcast crew of one, Lisa Martinez, AURI Communications Coordinator and Editor of this production. To learn more about AURI, you can visit auri.org.